grace and peace to you from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. When we find this passage in Matthew chapter 11, I think context is important and helpful. At this point in his ministry in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is well into his work, well into his ministry. He has gathered disciples. He is teaching and healing. He has called many to follow him. Whole crowds are going with him from town to town to receive the healing he offers and listen for what he has to say. What Jesus is teaching is astounding to many and compelling. People want to know more. They want to follow this teacher. But people still have questions. Jesus has taught and taught and healed and eaten with tax collectors and sinners and called his disciples, and still many people who are following him don't really understand. So they ask. Just before this chapter, some of the disciples, the followers of John the Baptist, had come to ask him questions. Some of those questions came from John himself, who can't go ask Jesus because he's in prison. The Pharisees and other teachers of the law are regularly questioning him, trying to understand how what Jesus has to say fits in with the law that they were given by God through Moses. Even Jesus' disciples have questions. They hear Jesus' parables, they see what Jesus does, and they aren't sure where they stand. You know, some of his disciples even ask if they can sit at his right hand or left in the coming kingdom, not really understanding what that kingdom would mean. So Jesus speaks to the crowd about these questions. He speaks to them about their not understanding. He says that when John came, he was fasting. He preached repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It is like a fire ready to burn away your sins. Repent, be washed, be made clean. Jesus, John the Baptist was quite a preacher and quite a sight, choosing to fast, to eat only locusts and honey that he could find in the wild. Whenever you see John depicted in ancient art, he's got wild, crazy hair, and he's thin and emaciated, wearing strange, simple clothes that he could put together. Jesus says, you saw this man preaching, and you said, he must have a demon, which might be what he looked like, saying crazy things, living out on his own in the wilderness. But then Jesus came and he eats and he drinks and he eats with people he shouldn't be eating with. Jesus has so many meals written about in the Gospels. Jesus was always eating and drinking and spending time with people. In fact, they called him a glutton and a drunkard. Now, I don't imagine Jesus was probably drunk or that he was eating so much you could call him a glutton. But maybe he was a little more padded out than John the Baptist had been. 
and he certainly seemed to be having a good time. Jesus looks at these people with these questions and he says, somehow you missed it from John and from me. John preached repentance. Repentance so that we could turn to God, so that we could wash away our sins, the sins that weigh heavy upon us. But that is a hard, hard message to hear. It is hard to face our sins, to acknowledge where we have gone astray individually and as communities. We see it even now. People do not want to face up to our sins, to the problems in our world and the things that might cause them because it is uncomfortable, because we don't want to be in the wrong. We don't want to think of ourselves as sinners. But John said it was necessary to face our sins, to name them and repent of them, to turn away from them in order to follow God. And then Jesus comes, and he preaches about the kingdom of God, and through his words and his deeds, we see extravagant generosity and extravagant grace. We see the love of God offered to those who we would call sinners. There are followers of Jesus in the gospel who have no name other than a sinful person. Jesus eats with them, drinks with them, enjoys their company without first saying they must straighten up, fly right before they can be welcomed at the table. That is hard to hear too. Sure, we know that grace is good. We agree that it's a nice thing. We're Lutherans, after all, very big on grace. But, but grace for them? Whoever that them is that pops into your head? Whoever surely couldn't deserve that generous love? The people who have hurt you or your family? The people who have done horrible things, surely God can't love them. And sometimes it's hard to receive that generous, extravagant grace for ourselves. There will be times in our lives where we feel that we are too unworthy, too much a sinner to be able to be loved by God to be able to be offered that free gift of grace. So Jesus shows us that the message of the kingdom of God, which holds both what John preached, repentance, turning away from our sin, and what Jesus preached and taught and showed, the extravagant, extraordinary grace of God, were things that people shied away from too extreme, too much to really be able to hear and take in. But Jesus tells them, come to me if you are weary and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Powerful words. Words that have stuck with us through time. Words that are easily called up, that songs have been sung of. Jesus calls us to his yoke, his way of living, his work. I don't think any of you regularly yoke up a pair of oxen to plow your fields. Let me know if I'm wrong, because that'd be fascinating. But we don't think about yokes very often, those of us who live suburban and city lives. But a yoke is a tool for work. You don't put a yoke on to sit and kick your feet up. Jesus is not saying the road of discipleship is just lying around, just doing nothing. Discipleship is work. Following the way of Christ, facing our sins and repenting is work. It's hard work sometimes. And receiving God's extravagant grace and offering that grace just as extravagantly and generously to our neighbor, that's not nothing. But Jesus tells us that this work, Jesus' work, is better and lighter than any work we will find in the world. His yoke, his work is easy. His burden is light. The work of discipleship is work that is life-giving rather than draining. It is work that lifts us up rather than pulls us and pushes us down. It is work that we are called to do together in following Christ. The work of discipleship is what brings the gospel, the good news, into the world. When people see Christians repent of their past sins, name where they have gone wrong, apologize, and change for the better, they see the work of God changing us, transforming us, making us into people of God. This spreads the good news in the world. And when people see us living a life of grace, knowing that it is not our work that redeems us, that saves us, that makes us worthy in the eyes of God, but simply God's love, and when we offer that grace to everyone around us, not just the acceptable people, not just the people like us, but the people who are against us, the people who seem to hate us, the people who seem to not be worthy, then others will see the grace of God. Others will understand that God's love is for them. It is for everyone. This work is day in and day out work, but it lifts us up and it spreads the gospel as we are called to do. Jesus' yoke is light so we can practice every day. 
Every day we practice repentance. We acknowledge those ways we have failed. We acknowledge those ways we have turned from God and we turn again to God. Every day we receive God's grace and love, not because we repented perfectly or got it all right this time, but because God loves us. And every day, full of that grace, full of that love, we can share it with our neighbors in real and tangible ways, through food, through shelter, through listening and caring, through paying attention, through love. Repentance and extravagant grace may at first have to Jesus' disciples have seemed to be at odds. But Jesus knows they are two parts of the same work. And Jesus calls us to follow, to practice, and to know every day that when we seem worn down by the cares of the world, that his yoke, his work, is what will lift us up and what will help us through all the way to the kingdom of God. Amen.